Okay. Well, hey, we're back. This is episode seven of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast, and I think this one might be a good one. I don't know. I mean, or else it's going to completely go off the rails and nobody will ever come back after this one. But uh, I want to, most importantly, I want to welcome back Ryan Gant. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going, people? If you didn't listen to episode six where we brought Ryan onto the show, you really need to go back and listen to that. I'm not even sure what we talked about. I just know we, we talked had a about great a lot time of, talking about a lot of cool shit a lot for of a couple stuff. of hours. Yeah. A so, lot of stuff. Uh, but really the whole thing was just an evil plan for me uh, to bring uh, my training partner and good friend and partner in crime and uh, into the podcast and maybe convince him to make this kind of a full-time thing. So hopefully... Oh, well, yeah, I could, I'd be more than happy to do that. Because uh, I need somebody to bounce shit off of. And uh, <laughs> we were talking about you know the show before I hit the record button and I can tend to get a little, you know, testy and... You know, Ryan was great at saying, you know, calm down. It's all going to be fine. We're going to, you know, this it's all angry good. old man. I mean, I'm, I'm an angry, bitter old man. Get off my fucking lawn. OK. And uh, but, you know, young Ryan calmed me down and he's going to be in many ways my voice of reason. And I'm really looking forward to that day when Ryan goes off the rails and I got to like pull him back. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be like a big round of applause moment. <laughs> <laughs> so so here we are. Episode seven. Lucky seven. We are keto for the extreme physique culture some people would say keto for badasses and that whole phrase i think is going to play into this episode a little bit and and i think it's going to make even more sense to people out there as to why we do what we do why this entire brand was put together why the facebook group was put together and i think there's going to maybe be some clarity uh after this episode today i think so um and i'm kind of excited about it so right out of the gate well first of all how's your week been i mean it's been Pretty good. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just training people. Just training, training yeah. people, being <laughs> training married. People, yeah, training people, getting being married. Being told what to do. Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. <laughs> okay, well. That's... Sounds like 25 years of experience right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember, Ryan, we warned you. Okay. You Don't are. forget that. You are correct. Okay. Um, so anyway, we're back. And uh, without further ado, I want to jump right into this. Because what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little bit about um, the... I don't know if it's really a debate. It's just more of a matter of preference. And uh, it's about the intensity and volume argument uh, or perspective. You know, some people, uh, believe it or not, it's not just me and Ryan. You would think after some of the shenanigans on Facebook. We're not the only ones that believe in going really hard, training intense, and giving it all in more of a low volume approach. Um, We're not the high volume wander around the gym for two hours you know doing 20 sets per body part that kind of shit so and and if that works for you that's great and that's not what this is about this is about not necessarily to change anybody's mind because if there's one thing that i've learned from doing this as long as i've done it is there are some people that are just entrenched in their ideology you've got the uh you know, the, the people that sit behind their computer and pay more attention to PubMed articles that they cherry pick. And, you know, there's that selective uh, PubMed article-itis thing where they, you know, because you can go onto PubMed or any of these research journals and, you know, you can find evidence to support, you know, your belief, uh, yeah. your own cogniz- cognitive dissonance. And, you know, so, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, if you're one of those people, then I know that you're not going to be convinced by anything that we say today, 
But this is for the people out there who have the rational, logical, open mind and are willing to hear our side of making an argument about this. And, uh, you know, j just to kind of get that off our chest and explain what we do, why we do it, and why a more evidence-based, rational, logical approach might be of consideration for you, and you might want to check it out. So does that make yep. sense? Yep, it makes sense to me. Okay, and here's how it all started. <laughs> Actually, it's not how it all started. You know, I've been doing this, I've, I've been lifting with high intensity and more lower volume uh, for the better part of two decades. And when I say high intensity, that means, for lack of a better term, fucking train hard. You got to push the body and truly train hard in order to get it to grow. And we're gonna talk about the fine points of that. And uh, I have also learned that uh, as not only for myself, but as being a coach and a trainer, and this is not an exaggeration, this is not an exaggeration at all, dare I say, for the greater part of 26 years, I have been on the workout floor of some gym, one or another, in one state or another, in one town or another, including the gym that I own, you know, five days a week, sometimes six for almost nearly three decades. So I've got a little bit of time in, I've got a little bit of experience, just a tad. And I've kind of seen it all, been there, done that. And I've had the unique, fortunate pleasure and great honor of working in some, you know, large, you know, uh, higher exposure gyms down in, you know, the Gulf Coast of Florida and down in the Southern part of Florida. And I've had an honor of being around a lot of very influential, legendary people in the business. I've worked with and around some top IFBB pros, some you know, top high-level amateurs, and uh, have also had the unique uh, pleasure of being around some top legendary coaches. So not, it's not just my experience and my results and the results of my clients that I'm speaking about, but it's you know, being out there and being a very inquisitive by nature guy talking and and learning from some of the best and the brightest and the most badass out there and then i sort of you know put all of that information together and and funneled it down and sorted through it and made my own conclusions and then went through my own personal experiments and you know i came out on the other side doing what i do and believing in what i do and i think that it's backed by a logical rational approach which to me you know carries the most merit also so. backed by science as well and it is also backed by science. And for those of you saying that it's not scientifically correct, you're incorrect, first and foremost. Okay. So, I mean, high intensity training is backed by science, people. Yes. It is. It and is. how long? Well, when I, you know, I can did a little experiment. You can get behind the computer. You can go on Google, your favorite search engine, and you can, you know, type in, you know, a series of searches high intensity, low volume versus high volume, low intensity, all, any different variations of those searches. And you're going to get study after study after study after peer reviewed study after scientific study, 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 you know, some say the high intensity approach works better. Some say the higher volume may work better. Some say there's not much difference between the two. You know, you're, you're you can really <laughs> sort of pick your poison yep. to try to validate you know, your belief system where the way I did it back in the nineties, when I made the switch, it was because it seemed the most logical, rational approach. And then when I put it into motion, 
I've got far more superior results. And to me, that's... And I think some of the most superior bodybuilders of all time have seen seen some superior results to that as well. Absolutely. And if it's not your brand of vodka, fine. The point is, is I don't care. But the whole reason I... Okay, so here's the deal. I put up a meme in the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group. And it said, Jim equals what basically what it should be would be be better to do 40 minutes of uh, intensity not hours of nonsense hit the muscles hard then go home to grow and they used a picture of six-time mr olympia dorian yates in the meme well first of all you know for all you people with your underwear stuffed up your ass um (laughs) with nothing better to do than to throw your fork down and stop eating your freaking Chef Boyardee and come argue with me about it. The whole point of the meme was, I've been in this business for so long, and here's the thing about training. In the world of bodybuilding, you know, when people embark on a bodybuilding program in order to create muscle growth, hypertrophy, to, to build their, their body to their greatest genetic potential, most people fail to get the results they wanted or expected when they embark on a hypertrophy-based program. That's why there is so much out there of, you know, how do you train? How can I train? I've, I've been training and nothing's happening. I'm not, I'm not dropping body fat. I'm not getting muscle. I've been in the, you know, I go to the gym for two hours. I'm not growing, you know, and, and I've been, you know, answering these questions and fielding these questions forever. And it really comes down to something very, very simple. And I'm not alone here. I'll look at some of these guys and women and I'll say, well, number one, are you training hard? Mm-hmm. Are you, and, and you know, we're gonna have to talk about what hard training means because there are some of those keyboard Carls out there that keep, you know, you know taking their science and, and, you know, chucking it at me who think they train hard but never truly understand what hard training is or what failure-based training is. Yeah. And a lot of those people, I'm sorry, they just don't look like they have trained one hard day in their life. <laughs> See, this is why I brought sorry. Ryan on. So he would say that and I wouldn't be the asshole. Sorry. So thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Uh, so direct all of your criticism towards Ryan. We will give <laughs> him his email address at the end of the show. But you know what? Ryan makes a great point. Um, here's the deal. If you're out there and you are, you know, most people come to the ketogenic bodybuilding group, they, they, they listen to this podcast because they uniquely, as myself and Ryan do, they have <clears throat> learned to couple uh, or marry a lower carbohydrate, higher protein, moderate fat nutrition plan with a more hardcore bodybuilding style of training. And it's really you know, I'm not not beating my chest here, but I think we were we're unique, very unique. fairly unique. You know, if there's another one out there, great, and I'd I'd love to know these guys, but because we all need to unite and and work, you know, a, as a united front. But the thing is, is you know, most people who are doing the keto thing or doing the primal diet thing, you know, they they may lift too, and that's great. You know, we want that, and they may be happy with their results. But, you know, there's a difference between that nice lean body that you feel comfortable with on the beach or your well-calculated Instagram peacocking photo shoot. And uh, there's a difference between that and the extreme 
physique that reaches its full genetic freak potential, yep. you know, those are two different things. Yep, Not everybody to, wants that. Yeah, where you go display it in front of thousands of people. Yeah, where you're standing in basically essentially in your underwear in, in front of, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people. And, you know, you have pushed yourself, you know, for years to, 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 to narrow that down to, you know, being your absolute, absolute genetic freakiness on that certain day. And, you know, most people don't even aspire to do that. So, you know, the, the things that I advocate and the things that we do are for that <clears throat> unique, tiny subset of people, those outliers out there, you freaks, the people that want to be the freak in the room, the people that get pumped when they see, you know, gnarly vascularity and separation and striations, the people that suffer for months out of the year to, re to reach this level that some people think is fucking sickening. Okay, is that... Give once, you, once you do it once, it's, you're, you're addicted. You're hooked. And there, you know, the thing is, is there are people out there that love this podcast and, and are members of our group that are that are nodding their heads saying, yeah. And then there are people out there that are saying, ew, that, that's not for me. And that's that, okay, that, that's too. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. We don't all dress alike. You can be part of the group. You can listen to this podcast. And, you know, if your goal is to, to be the best that you can be, you know, being that full-time parent and working two jobs or, or getting your master's degree or whatever you're into, that's fine. But the reason, you know, the perspective that Ryan and I will give you is that unique outlier, you know, 1% perspective of the people that live this shit with every weight we lift, with every bite we put in our mouths. We're the guys that obsess over getting the right amount of sleep and the right supplementation and the right recovery. And you know, you know, it's not for everybody. It's not. So you know, the the, the to be fair, um, to Ryan's point, you know, some of these people, you know, will will criticize us. And, you know, they're they're using the medium of social media to basically go after somebody and not say, hey, that's not really my thing. I lean more this way and here's why. But you make a good point. Rather, the people that say, nope, nope what you're doing correct. does not work. <laughs> science says so. Well, the science that I picked, that I cherry picked, that I found that supports my argument alone and not yours. Yeah. And the science that completely says the opposite too. exactly <laughs> yeah. you know uh, my, my science you know you know fuck your science okay science is important but what really is science at the end of the day you know if you trial and error exactly and if you're going to define science it should be you know every piece of scientific literature should have an asterisk next to it that says until further notice i i couldn't agree more is that not true that's completely true i've been doing this shit a long time there is science you know, air quote, science, and air quote, that I read 20 years ago that has been debunked and refuted 20 years later. So we took that information, we dusted ourselves off, we made adjustments, and we moved on. And, you know, it's, and, and so much of this science is not conducted in the environment of the over-the-top, super hard training, over-obsessed, you know, hardcore bodybuilding culture. And, you know, dare I say many people who are listening to this, and if you are, we, we love you. And if you're not, we love you too. Much but, love. Much love. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of these people, you know, just don't understand the culture that I come from. 
And the, one of the reasons why I'm such a huge fan of my brother Ryan here is because at even a young age, you know, he fell right into the groove, became obsessed with it right out of the gate. And the guy is wise beyond his years. And when I'm training with Ryan, you know, how old are you? 29. Like 19? Okay. Well, 28, getting ready to turn 29. <laughs> so here's a 29 year old guy that I would swear to God, you know, when I'm training with the guy and talking to the guy, I would think he was my age. You know, that he'd, he'd been through all this shit, too. So it's, it's really, really cool. So, you know, the point I'm getting at is, is, is you have to understand that if you haven't walked a mile in our shoes or anybody's shoes, for that matter, you can't knock it. Don't be so critical. And the thing is, is if what you're doing is working for you and you have no desire to make a change, or if you think there's no possible way in your mind that any further improvement to your physique can be made, then I'm really happy for you. Very happy for you. And I mean, if my perspective doing, is, I think everybody can make improvements every day. Absolutely. So, I, mean, I can make improvements. Ryan can make improvements. We all fail and we hold ourselves accountable. So, so basically, man, that was a really big setup. That was a very big setup. That was a very, was, very big setup. Was very so nice. here's the point. There is a side of the coin that says more is better or, or volume is the key. And, and typically my problem with the volume approach is you will see, and I've been seeing this shit for, for years and years and years and years. And it really came out of the Weeder culture, you know, Joe Weeder and the Weeder magazines. You know, it, it was so arbitrary. It was like, okay, three sets or five sets or 20 sets per body part. And you know, you got to, and, and th these guys would be working out for two, three hours at a time. I've even heard of guys that are working out four or five hours at a time. Twice a day. Couldn't <laughs> imagine. I couldn't, or twice a day. And I couldn't even imagine that. And when I first started, and if you listen to episode one, you hear my story, I was working with a bodybuilder who was a little more of a volume guy too, uh, although he was very high intensity. So I did learn some great intensity techniques from him. Um, but when I started, you know, it, because of who I am, I started diving into this research, looking at the science of that time and also comparing that to, you know, anecdotal evidence and the wise sage advice of some of the gurus of the time. And I looked at it through a very logical and rational microscope. Mm -hmm. And to me, here's the deal. Um, if you're going to talk about volume, first of all, I, I think we need to, in, in other words, the, the point of the meme was saying, stop screwing around in the gym for two hours, work hard, get shit done. That's yep. really all it was. That's it. And then go home and let the shit grow because recovery is just as important as the my, tear down of the tissue, the yep, workout. My opinion, more important. I would agree with you, but it's not sexy, right? Nope. Resting and sleeping is not nearly as sexy as a lot of people have this misconception that muscles built in the gym. Nobody ever built muscle in the gym unless you're sleeping there. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, anaerobic workouts by definition are high intensity, short duration. They should That's be by definition, yeah. <laughs> high intensity, short duration recovery should be in the greater volume. Like you just said. Yep, that's exactly right. If you're going to talk about volume. Double down on recovery. Double down <laughs> on recovery. Write that down. Double down. Double mm -hmm. down on recovery. I love that. Recovery is what should be in greater volume, not the workout itself. More is better is, 
uh, that's just, it's arbitrary. And it, what it is, it, by saying more is better, what you're doing is you're giving a false built-in guarantee. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're saying more is better. So if you look at this logically and rationally, oh, okay, so if more is better, then if 20 sets per body part, according to the volume crowd, it works great, then I should do 40, right? I can, yeah. Right. And if I'm supposed to, and if, and if that takes two hours, why not go four hours? Well, not only that, why don't I go to two a days? Well, fuck that, why not three a days? I've got a lunch break. <laughs> I can get up early, I can train for two hours, I can take an hour lunch, and then I can go two, three hours in the evening. You're gonna, have to, ins- you're gonna have to insert a tube so they can get all their nutrients in. Right. <laughs> so, and then the, here's the thing is, well, the, the science that I read said, that it's, you know, you know, this many sets for this long, da, da, da. Really? So I need to walk into the gym with a fucking stopwatch and a slide rule and a bunch of, you know, I need to crunch numbers and do math. Or I could go in there and work as hard as I possibly can to the point where doing another set would not only be unnecessary, but it would be <laughs> detrimental and hinder the growth process because I'm applying an inroad to recovery. I also have a question um, to some of these things that some people might, some of the volume guys out there, like wh- how many body parts are you training to tr- take up two exactly hours? Exactly right, right. How many body parts are you training to take up two hours? Are you trying to train like chest and back together or are you just training strictly chest for two hours? And that's another thing. These things are not mentioned, especially in this, in this Facebook post. So the thing of it is, you got, you're going to get the people, and I think a lot of these volume people are going to say, well, the science says, you know, and you, lately, there, there's trends in fitness. Everything yeah. kind of goes through little trends. So I've just been doing the same shit I've always been doing. But you see the trends, and now it's become, oh, you do push-pull legs, repeat, you know, rest, push-pull legs. That, that's kind of been the hot thing lately. Yeah, I find some people find... Um someone that they can look at and be like, okay, that works for them. Then, sure. they, then they go try it and then it doesn't work for them. Right. Or they do, they just don't know how to do it properly. And well, they just kind of fall to the I, I think it was uh, episode five. I talked about bro splits. I hate that term. <laughs> and the reason, you know, it's called in my opinion, a recovery split, a bodybuilding split, which was, you know, you and I work one muscle group mm-hmm. every week. Every week. Right. And uh, and even back in the 90s, like Dave Palumbo, we were talking about Dave Palumbo earlier in the show. And if you're one of these people that's arguing with us about volume intensity and you don't know who Dave Palumbo is, then your, your point is invalid right out of the gate. Dave Palumbo was a guy who actually never turned pro, but he was known as one of the biggest, most uh, enormous original mass monsters back in the day and is extremely highly respected. And now runs arguably one of the most popular YouTube channels in terms of covering the sport of bodybuilding in the world. And uh, Dave Palumbo would do an eight-day split because he couldn't get his arms to grow. He had, he had such long arms, and he was such a big fucking guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was over 300 pounds in the offseason. Would compete around 270, you know. Big guy. Ripped, conditioned as hell. He's known for being very conditioned. So he couldn't get his arms to grow because his bones were so long. He had, you know... The, the one weakness that he had was like short insertions, long bones in his arms. So he would do a bicep day by itself. He would do a tricep day by itself, but then he'd do a back day. Then he'd do a bicep or then he'd do a, a chest day. He would do a leg day. He'd do a deltoid day. So he would do an eight day split 
So it wouldn't be like within the confines of Sunday through, you know, Friday. It was yeah. train, Sunday. train, train, day off, train, train, day off. And then it would, it would span over eight days. And then he would take another day off and then repeat the eight days. Makes sense. So it didn't, you know, so, and the point is, is Dave Palumbo knew, as we know, as many people know, who have half a brain. And if you want to talk about science, and you and I were talking about this before we hit the record button, here's one thing that I know. And I talked about this in episode five. The goal is to tear down muscle. Yeah. Systematically in the gym under load in order to create an environment for growth to occur. Once you have done that, you then need to give the body ample time to a compensate. Meaning if you think, think of it as digging a hole. So if I dig a hole in the ground, that is me tearing down muscle. Step one is just to fill the dirt back up to ground level where it was before. Absolutely. And if you want the muscle to grow, what do you got to do? You got to pack more dirt on top. Mm -hmm. You have to create a mountain or a hill, right? Exactly right. So not only do you have to take enough time to recover, to compensate from the teardown of tissue, but then you have to give it ample time to, to, to overcompensate and grow. So that's a fact. That's a fact. That's rational. That's logical. It's a fact. That is seventh grade science. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's another thing that I know. <clears throat> you and I know this. This, yep. is, this is more basic physiology. If we train back on Monday. Yes. And we don't train it again until the following Monday. You're not going to lose any muscle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Not going to lose any muscle in a week. You are not going to. I mean, lose don't starve muscle. yourself. You're not going to go <laughs> catabolic in a week. If you are eating right, if you are resting right, you are only going to recover more, recover more, recover more. There's nothing even potentially detrimental about giving it a couple extra days. Would you agree? I would agree. And that that's another thing. I mean, you got to make sure everything else is in line too. I mean, I mean, yeah, you hit back on Monday, but you also want to make sure that your pro I mean, your diet, your rest, everything's in line to go along with it so you are recovered for the next Monday. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so and so the goal is to, you know, go into the gym and, you know, systematically tear down muscle tissue under the stress of the resistance that you apply to it to the point where growth has been stimulated. So let's let's go back to, you know, some people will say, well, you only have to do you only have to go to 80 percent of your max to make growth occur. And then you get another guy that says 70%. And then you get another guy that says 90%. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now here's my thing. This is, this is the third grade logic that I use with this. And not only this is my logic, but this is Jones logic. This is Menser's logic. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, even to some degree, Perillo's logic, Yates logic, so many other guys, Yay, uh, Meadows <laughs> logic. <laughs> Here's the thing. Congratulations. She still has some left in the tank. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, did I steal your thunder there? <laughs> no, actually, I completely forgot where I was going with this. Um, 90%, 70%, 80%. Okay. So if, 
you're going to get all these people that say it's 70%. It's, there's a guy named, uh, I think his name is Jeff Nippert or something like that, who's a really nice guy. And he has a great channel and he gets a lot of great information. And he's got this graph. It's almost like a thermometer mm-hmm. where it's like yellow at the bottom and it gets more red and more red and it gets really dark red at the top. And it's like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and it goes all the way up to 100. Hmm. And then in his little graph, he's like, okay, I'm going to put a line at like 73 and then I've got a line at like 84 or something arbitrary like that. This is where maximal growth will occur if you get to this level. Okay. Okay. Well, then another guy says it's 80%. And then another guy says it's 70%. Here's the thing. Let's go ahead and get 70% on our last set, you and me, Ryan. Mm -hmm. We're we're, we're doing a set of pull downs. Sure. Let's go ahead and set that. We we know our lifts. We're Mm going to put a weight on there that we know at roughly 10 to 12 reps at some point in that we're going to fail. Yeah. And we might even want a forced rep or two to ensure get the 12 that we we completely fail. So, as say rep 7 we're at 70%. Mm-hmm. Well, on some guys chart we just made it. Okay, now yeah. now then we get to the next rep we're at 80% of our max. Well, there's another guys chart that says that we're there. So, we've covered his chart now. And then we get another rep, we're at nine reps, and let's say we're at 87% of of total failure. Well, there's Nippert's chart. We we got his now. Check. So, hey, I'll tell you what. But I feel like I got one more. I'll tell you what, Ryan. How about we go ahead and take it to 100? And then just just in case, mentally, our brain, you know there's the central governor system that will shut your body down as a defense mechanism to protect you against injury. So the brain will shut you down long before the body is actually needing to quit. What was that David Goggins thing? You're the human, 40%. 40%. 40%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I get to my 10th rep and my mind says, and, and I've got experience doing this. I've went to failure more times, you know, hundred, thousands of times. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty strong when it comes to taking myself to failure with good form. Good mm-hmm. form, that's key. Yep. It's good never form. sloppy. So I get to rep 10 and I am at fucking failure. I'm screaming, I'm dying, I, I've went static, I'm holding the bar somewhere midline through the rep range. I cannot pull it down unless I fuck up my form. And then I got you on the weight stack, lifting me through rep 11, and then you're gonna give me one more where I feel like I'm about to black out and goes to some weird place. I'm gonna tell you to lower it a little bit slower and then I'm gonna lift you're gonna, it for you. You're, <laughs> gonna, you're going to take me through all that shit and then we get to 100% plus, right? Mm-hmm. So logically, wouldn't you say we're covered? No matter think, whose fucking chart. I think so. <laughs> we got you, okay? Yeah, I think so. Must, so here's the yeah. thing. We have taken that set to the point of momentary muscular concentric failure and beyond just to be sure that we're surpassing our central governor, the point where our brain says no more, even though we got more. You know, we've all heard the story of the soccer mom lifting the car off of her kid, you know, when the adrenaline kicks in. Mm -hmm. We try to take it to that point. Now, we reach that point on, let's say, the third set or the second set. I don't give a shit what set it is. Yeah, if it doesn't matter. If we're warmed up, and it might be the second or third exercise, if we're warmed up and we can get through that level of extreme intensity and we get beyond that 100% and we know we're there because we have experience and you and I know each other as training partners, 
haven't we at that point achieved the stimulation of growth? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay. <laughs> then let me, let me ask you another question, Ryan. Sure. If we have achieved that, why would I do another set? There's no reason to do another set. But they said it, but they said in the magazine, or no, no, wait, some guy said in a, in a PubMed study, I got to do five sets. <laughs> what if I went to the absolute extreme and beyond with good form on the third set? You don't need to have do I not stimulated growth. You have. Okay. So if I stop, go the fuck home, mm -hmm. take eat, in 50, grow. 60 grams of protein. And then two hours later, eat a complete meal. And then two hours later, put my happy ass to bed at about the same time a toddler does. And I get nine <laughs> hours of sleep and I recover Back not only my day. muscles, but my central nervous system. And I've adequately, adequately fed myself mm -hmm. and I'm taking care of myself. I'm not putting myself under any undue stressors. And then guess what? That was Monday. My back is going to be growing on Tuesday and on Wednesday. And let's say, let's just say I am 100% recovered by Thursday, ready to rock. I'm still not doing back on Thursday. Nope. What's today? Thursday. What are we doing? Nothing. Sitting, sitting here talking to you wonderful people. <laughs> That's it. It's our day off. Why? To get more what? Recovery. Thank you. See, we work well together. This yeah, is we good do. Team. We really you do. guys, you guys are really getting something special here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to add to your point on the recovery thing, I mean, there is a study done that showed that in untrained athletes, I'll, I'll go ahead and point that out. Untrained athletes up to 23 days, right? 23 days. That's almost a month right. of doing one hard workout. That was enough. Exactly right. That was enough. Now, what happens when, let's take myself for example. Like, how long have you been training hard? Shit. 15 years. Okay. I've been, like, doing serious bodybuilding training for nearly 30 years. Mm -hmm. There was a little while there I was, I kind of laid back a little bit. I was doing a little bit more endurance stuff, but I was still training hard. I was still in the gym. Yeah. But yeah. for a good two decades, I've been working, like, brutal hard in the gym like we do like yes. we're discussing today. Mm -hmm. So in a well-trained athlete, we're back to logic and rational thought here. Wouldn't it stand to reason that increasing the intensity on a well-trained athlete who has probably reached his genetic potential or gotten near it would be a more strategic approach to coaxing more growth out of a muscle so. that ha that feels like it's I would think so because uh, yeah like I said I mean there's not a lot of people that have been taken to that point to where just absolute failure right so, I mean once they get there I mean sky's the limit so and, and I mentioned it in one of my retorts in this uh little back and forth that we had, which, and I had fun with it because I've been fighting these silly battles for, for years and years. So it means nothing to me. I, I kind of laugh it off because I know it works for me and I know it works for so many others. And the fact that I don't get butt hurt over this shit. If yep. once again, let, let us remind yep, people to each his own. That's, if it that's works the whole... for you, do it. I'm not going to go like, I'm, I'm a member of a couple other groups and I love these groups and they're friends of mine. Um, in fact, one of the gentlemen that respectfully disagreed with me is in another group that we are mutually in. And I'm a big fan of that group. 
I don't agree with everything that they advocate, but I like their basic premise and attitude. And, and there's a lot of great stuff. And the dude also, I don't, I don't mention names because I just don't work that way. But if, if you're listening, then I think you know who I'm talking about. The gentleman who also respectfully, I'm using that word on purpose, respectfully disagreed with me, I have respect for. Mm-hmm. Now, he is not me. He's not you. He's not a hardcore, rabid, eat nails and shit thunder bodybuilder. He's a guy that used to be a really big guy that lost a ton of weight and got in fantastic shape. He looks great. Uh, I could be wrong about this, but I think because of that transformation, he became a trainer. Good for him. Mm-hmm. And I applaud his efforts. And, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'd love to have a drink with him and I'd love to do a workout with him. I think we'd get along great. Yep. That'd probably be a good podcast, too. It would be a great podcast. There's another guy. You know, there's some of these other groups that I'm in. It, what it is, is it's the ketogenic world has sort of separated off into factions. You've got the high fat butter chugging crazy keto. And then you've got the guys like us and some of these other contemporaries and our peers that I'm mentioning right now that have taken the higher protein, moderate fat approach. Carbs are not the enemy. They can be a useful tool. We work out, we train, da da da. I think we have a far more things that we can agree on to be in a silly pissing match over the argument of volume to high volume to low volume. Mm -hmm. There is a, especially when there's science that backs, there's science that backs both. both And there's, and there's physical evidence that, that backs both anecdotal evidence, rational, logical, logical evidence, not to mention that some of the best bodybuilders of all time. Right. And, and to, to say that me name dropping carries no weight is intellectually silly and dishonest Mm -hmm. because I'm proud of the fact that I've been able to uh, rub elbows with some of these incredible people. You know, you can say anything you want about Mike Menser, but I had the unique honor privilege of going through three phone consultations with the man, which were amazing. And I got to train with him one time in Gold's Venice. It's probably all it took too. And that work I did with Mike, that, that work I did with Mike Menser was at the most 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I think he took one guy, he, he did one set of deadlifts and he left. That was, that was the entire workout. He did one set of deadlifts and that was it. You know, that's a good point. First of all, with, with Menser, that kind of combines with the point that you just made. The gentleman that said you can't get a good workout in 40 minutes, that might be the most asinine, juvenile, intellectually stupid comment anybody has ever made to me in doing this for nearly 30 years. Mm -hmm. You just have admitted that you are a exquisitely stupid human being. Mm -hmm. And you probably shouldn't be talking to anybody about hard training. Yep. Got to do your research, man. So, you know, and typically, like you said, Ryan, you, you, you know, they want to use the medium of social media to attack somebody and belittle them. But then when you go to the social media that they are you know, talking from and you scroll through 343 pictures and you cannot find one <laughs> photograph of that person showing their physique. Well, what does that tell you? Well, not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm we'll not just trying leave, to be we'll, that guy. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Let's just leave that? it at that. Okay. So the thing is, had he had some pictures of himself 
and he's jacked and he's symmetrical and he's full and he's 3D. Competing and he's in vascular. contests. Maybe did a show or didn't want to do a show, but did a couple of shots. But still fucking After looks a good. gym session without your Instagram filters and your magic mirror and the perfect lighting, I would have said, dude, we're going to have to agree to disagree. But, you know, you look great, dude. You know, yeah. hats off to you. You look yeah. fucking great. Come on to the podcast. We'll talk. Uh, unfortunately, though, I, I think you're, you're short-sighted desperately. Maybe you just haven't been doing it long enough. Maybe you're just not mature enough in the in the sport. Maybe you're just not achieving the results that you're wanting. Right. Uh, but but you look great. Good for you. But when somebody wants to pick an Internet argument and spew absurdities that are laughable and a lot of our other you know, people in the group, you know, you could see, you could see their <laughs> frustration as well. And I got some instant messages afterwards, like what goes up with that dude? Yeah. Don't worry about it. But and, you know, and that's why I said, you know, Hey, it's all good. You know, yeah. maybe, the, maybe and, he's having a bad day. Yeah. And just to reiterate the point that you made, I mean, if it's working for you, I mean, it's working for you. You don't if necessarily have for you. It, exactly. You don't necessarily have to change it, but I mean, you have to be open to be able to try different things. And I mean, from people trying, our method of training, I think that the results speak for themselves. So, I mean, be open to try something new. Right. You know, and, and to maybe to maybe close this out, because I did talk a lot about recovery and workout splits and, and higher intensity in episode five and other episodes. It just boggles my mind how these so-called experienced lifters, can they cannot wrap their heads around that... They're the ability to simulate hypertrophy, muscle growth, and overcompensation in under an hour. That, that really is silly to me. Mm-hmm. And how arbitrarily adding sets and reps and more time, that, that can definitely run the risk of, dip, deep, dig, as we said, digging a deeper inroad into the recovery process. So back to your point of, did you say that you'd read an article that Menser had somebody do deadlifts one set? Yeah, he, uh, this guy came in to train with him for a week, and he did three workouts with him where he did... Um, one set of deadlifts, one set of bench press, and I can't, I can't remember the other one, but it was I think it was a back move, another back movement, or it might have been a leg movement. It might have been I don't remember, but it was deadlifts and I know bench press, and they literally did one set, mm-hmm. and they went home. Right. That's it. Right. But like you said, to ultimate failure. Absolutely. And most like people a gun, do not like a, know what that means. Like a gun to your head, like you have to lift this or your right. kids are going to die kind of thing. And that's how Mike Menser explained it to me. And that analogy has become famous. Other people have used it too. Mike Menser is a very eccentric guy. Mm-hmm. And when Mike Menser was talking to me, he said, hey, you got kids? I'm like, <laughs> yes, sir. He's like, well, imagine... I got a fucking shotgun in your kid's mouth. And if you don't do this set, I'm going to fucking blow the back of his brains out. You going to do the set? I'm like, yes, sir. Then do the fucking set. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's the way he talked to me. Let me tell you somebody else that I got to train with one time. If you've never heard of Tom Platts, look him up. Mm. The biggest, most badass legs on the planet. And quite possibly known He's as the most... He's a very big advocate of the Smith machine, if I don't, if I oh, do recall. Oh, yeah. And the guy's fucking amazing. And he's I think we huge. had somebody talk about using the Smith machine, too. But Don't get me we'll, started on that. Don't worry about that. that. That's two that's hours another, That's another rabbit hole, but... You're an idiot. And, uh, <laughs> um, and by the way, we, we, we have TVs in the gym, and, and I happen to have a video up today of a three-time Ms. Bikini Olympia just happened to randomly pop up on our YouTube. You know, we just play random videos all day. 
she was doing a leg workout on the Smith machine. No shit. So what one of us is going to have to email her and tell her that that's not, that's not, that's not going to work. In fact, she's probably never going to win another show. Just because I, of you, had I known just because of using the Smith machine, had I known she was using a Smith machine for her stunning fucking legs, yeah. I would have nope, worn you gotta her a long time it up. ago. Got to go Gonna all have to barbell. Yep, all, all barbell. Because everybody dumbbell. knows that you have to only use barbells or you won't grow. That's it. <laughs> How That's in the world false. I won two classes last year? is beyond me. It I must have been rigged. Yeah, I don't know how I went from not placing it all to placing second and fourth. I, I don't know. You know what? It's so weird, too, because you went from not placing to getting a second and a fourth. Second and a fourth. In a class of about 643 people. Um, not to mention that we trained our tra- uh, um, our training, too. We went more old school. Well, back that's to what I was hi- getting at. More of the we high intensity decided stuff. decided we are going to go even more high intensity, even more low volume for the 2019 prep. Look what happened. And what did you get two first places? I got two firsts. And, and second and fourth. And a I second. Mean, yeah, so. Hardware. I got hardware. And my friend Melvin that I discuss a lot, who's been doing this for 35 years, looked at me and said, I've never seen so much muscle density and fullness in your physique before. What are you doing? Man, there's a good. And I said, I'm going higher intensity, lower volume, heavier weight, with lots of rest, pause, and pre-exhaustion. Yeah. To the fucking death. <laughs> and to that point, just a, there's a just to go along with everything that we've been discussing, there was a paper that was published by, let's see, Dave Smith, PhD out of Manchester Metropolitan University. Are you going to like throw science out? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to throw science out. We're not out. allowed since, to do that. Since, we're since, stupid I mean, knuckle-dragging <laughs> Neanderthals. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> but, I mean, if people want to get science-y on us, I mean, I want to back my whatever I got to say up with science, too. But it's one of now the largest... Now you're just talking crazy, Ryan. Largest exercise science facilities in Europe. And to go along with the argument with lower volume versus higher volume, higher volume, he says, this is just a little excerpt, uh, let's see here. For example, Rodney, example, 1994. This, this particular experiment was done in 1994. Reported significantly greater gains, 41.2% to that of 19.7%. That's over double. Right. That's over double. And dynamic strength when training to muscular failure compared to submaximal sets and of exercise. So, I mean, the numbers right there, I mean, it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself, yeah. Um, you could so, pick up, I mean, uh, there are several. 41 to 19. I'm There, there are whatever. three books, and most of it is concerning the life and training uh, ideology of Arthur Jones and Mon- Mike Menser, written by, um, I believe his name is, was it John Little? Um, wrote some great books. And if you want to flip to the back of those books, he cites study after study after study after st- pages worth. I've got another little book here is written by a guy named Gary Bannister. Cool dude. Wrote a book about Arthur Jones called If You Like Exercise, Chances Are You're Doing It Wrong, which is a great book. Yeah. I just really wanted to throw that stat out there because whenever whenever I read that, I was just like <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, and, and numbers speak for themselves. Numbers speak for themselves. And you know what? Results speak for themselves. Results speak for Why themselves. Why is the fuck what I do what I do. Now, it's not like I'm just an accountant by day and a, you know, an amateur bodybuilder, you know, a couple times a year. It's, I, 
I literally work with, I have over 70 clients online. That's literally our job, folks, is to give people. Right. What, in our opinions, the best knowledge that we, that we possess. How many times have you been told, I cannot believe how you wrecked me in 30 minutes? I can't count them. You can't count them. I can't count them. How many amazing success stories have you witnessed by people that work with you two, three days a week for 30, 45 minutes? I can't count those either. Can't count those either. I have online clients that I've taken from couch to a top three stage win doing high intensity, lower volume workouts with lots of rest, pause, pre-exhaustion, forced reps, heavy negatives. But I guess we're out of our minds. We're gonna have to change it up. I guess so. If you're, if you're one of our clients out there and you're listening, I'm sorry. Sorry, we failed you. We got to go to two hour <laughs> marathon workouts, 20 sets per body part, but we're going to have to lower the intensity. So yeah, you you're going to have to call it a work for an hour. So, <laughs> and that, you know, and that goes back to just, just to put an, a fine point on this. The point I'm getting at is if the particular gentleman and once again, he might've been having a bad day. Could have Might've been having a bad day. If we brought him in here, and we took him through one of our signature epic leg days. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, this gentleman, who may be a great guy, once you get him, meet him in person, maybe maybe he on a better day. Maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's a good guy. Who knows? Maybe he's just a little confused. And that's okay. There's a lot of confusion out there in the bodybuilding world. Mm-hmm. We bring him in here and we take him to that point where you and I have been hundreds of times, where we're laying on the floor, we can't get in a comfortable position because everything you try to do hurts and you are in a cold fucking sweat and you are seconds away from trying to crawl to the trash can and puke. And that may be after what? The third set? Third set. Of maybe the third movement. So maybe you know three movements, nine sets total. And so you're telling me we should suck it up buttercup do another hour and a half and do another hour and a half <laughs> just to fulfill what you know johnny dingbat says in his study no okay no. I, was, I was making sure I, I wasn't losing my mind but you are more than welcome to come try one of our <laughs> but workouts. You, hey we will throw that pepsi challenge out there to anybody out there yeah, doors are always open doors are always open we work out at 12 30 on mondays Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then at 10.30 on Fridays. Mm-hmm. We'll even switch days and accommodate you if it helps. Yeah, whatever. But if you want to put your two-hour marathon high volume, I'm only training to 75% workout up to ours, then let's go. Let's have some fun. Okay? Sure. At I'm the down. very minimum, you, you can have a new experience. And then if you want to go back to your old ways of training, I don't care. And we'll yeah. shake hands and be friends. We'll go have lunch. We'll, we'll, we'll tell some stories. We'll laugh a little bit. Uh, but I'm certainly not going to attack you and tell you, I, you know, I'll tell you you're a fucking moron <laughs> if you're not being rational and accepting of things that go beyond your narrow scope and narrow view of the resistance training world. Yeah, yeah nothing bugs me more than that is people not being open to other ideas. Right. I mean, there are world champion bodybuilders that train for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I call it the Ronnie Coleman principle. Ronnie Coleman could lift insanely heavy weight, 
to total failure for two hours. Ronnie you Coleman's are almost. not Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> Anybody listening to this, you are not Ronnie Coleman. He is probably the genetic freak among genetic freaks. He is one of the most genetic freaks among genetic freaks. You are not Ronnie Coleman. Now, somebody, you know who you are, said that if you train like Dorian Yates, you're not going to look like Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates would do 45-minute workouts well, no to sh- the total death. I'm sorry, but no shit, you're not going to no look like No shit, <laughs> you're not going to look like Dorian Yates. However, you just might achieve your... If your name is Tim Johnson and you train like Dorian Yates, you might be the best fucking Tim Johnson you can possibly that, be. That's the whole thing. We're not trying to compare ourselves to other people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to compare ourselves to other people. You want to be the best version of yourself. That's the whole premise of this whole group. <laughs> exactly. You know, we are the island of misfit toys. Come into our world. We will try to help you. We're all nuts. I tell my clients, in my world, be the freak in the room. You know, if you're in a, in a social setting, if you're not the one in that room that is the total fucking freak in the way you train, the way you eat, the way you recover, the way you say, no, I'm not going to eat that, I'm not going to drink that, if your entire mindset is that of, I'm going to do absolutely whatever it takes to be the best possible freak version of myself. It's very empowering. It's very empowering. Now, if you're, if you're part of the group, and you're one of our clients, or if you're listening to this podcast, you don't have to be that person. No. If you took, now I can, I train my clients, whether they're going to be a competitive bodybuilder or physique competitor, or if they're a 64 year old grandmother, Mm -hmm. you're going to use the same principles. Yep. I use the same principles. You're just going to use it according to your ability. Mm hmm. So I have 70 year olds. Am I exaggerating, Ryan? No. How many 70 year olds do I train? Like four? Something close. Yeah. Yeah. I've got people in their 70s. They are doing pre-exhaust supersets. They are training to concentric failure. They're giving everything you have, everything they've got. And my 70 year old clients, when they go out in public and when they go to see their primary physician, they literally have been told that they're lying when they give their age. (laughs) <laughs> that has nothing to do with me. That's nope. on them for giving everything the they have and giving it the work. So I've said this a thousand times. If you take hardcore bodybuilding principles, the principles of give it everything you have, high intensity, in the shortest time possible to achieve the goal, and then let the muscles recover, compensate, and then overcompensate and fully recover, give the muscles plenty of rest, then feed the muscles, yeah. and then maybe do some cardiovascular conditioning for conditioning, yep. for health. Yep. I, use these same, I use these same principles for my athletes. College-level exactly. college athletes. I oh, use these um, same college-level athletes, I use that. There's a particular person out there <laughs> that said, some top athletes, 40 minutes is just their warm-up. What did you say about a 40-minute warm-up? Have, how long have you been an athletic trainer? Um been a college coach now a year and a half year and a half these are two years. Athletes, athletes baseball players football players basketball so that mean, players with that being over a year that means they asked me to come back okay right. so <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen no. a no. collegiate level top athlete warm up for 40 minutes absolutely not i have been in the gym nearly five days a week sometimes six for three decades i have never seen any 
any bodybuilder. 10 minutes. At the I'll, most. In 10 minutes, I mean, that's even giving them some. And that's yeah, them, that's that's that's, and that's stretching an, it. Yeah, that's I mean, like a say a football player, baseball player, they're actually going through things like okay. they're running, sprinting, whatever you hey, want to call it. Carl, but, whatever coach <laughs> you got that said to warm up for 30, 40, 20 minutes, fire him. <laughs> he is wasting your fucking time. Okay. Yep. yep. Now not to I don't know about you, but I don't have an hour in my day to where I can just dedicate it. If you're that asshole, well, that's okay, going maybe to an hour, but like, like an hour and a half, two hours. I don't have around that. the gym warming up for thirty minutes, twenty minutes. If you're doing it for forty minutes, you have been severely misinformed. Severely, severely, you're wasting your time. At the, I mean, you, you, what's our warm up? A light set of the movement we're about to do. That, that two sets maybe, and then we actually get the shit done. That's that's the warm up, and that's all that's required. Mm-hmm. That's all that because. You because know, I mean, if you think about it, the, th- the three working. All right, Mike Mincer did it best, right? You did one set, what, eight to twelve reps, then you did the second set, six to eight reps, right. then you did the at, the last set to absolute failure, right? So you're warming up as you kind of go. Yeah, and and that's and and Mincer even went more minimal as his career went on. But Dorian Yates, speaking of Dorian Yates, worked with Mike Mincer as he was a current training Mister Olympia changed his training style and took the Menser Arthur Jones principles and turned it into, okay, I'm going to do my three sets, but I'm going to do 60, 70% max on this set. And then I'm going to do, you know, 70 to 80% max on this set. And then on the third, I'm going to go ahead and do that pre-exhaustion superset to absolute failure. So if he was doing like, you know, we love doing like a pullover combined with like a reverse grip pull down. Mm-hmm. That's a phenomenal superset, pre-exhaustion superset. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you're out there saying those supersets don't work, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, they do. They do. And, and or, or maybe you're just having a bad day and you're confused. So you're forgiven, but look into it. Um, so... Mentz or, or Yates would do his warm up on the reverse grip pull down, or he liked to use the hammer strength, yeah, uh, ISO row, uh, which I'd love to have one here one day. Maybe we'll get one, but he would do a 70% set, an 80% set, and then he would do uh, sometimes the, the Nautilus pullover machine supersetted with his third set to all out failure of the ISO row. I didn't know he did that, I didn't know he did two sets mm-hmm. with the pull, with the pull down and then he went and superset it. Yeah, and then That's some days he some that. days he would do three sets of pullovers and then three sets of pull downs. He would change it up. He hmm. would change it up. Cool. I did not know that. Um and, and it worked because if it, you know watch some of his blood and guts. He had a he had a documentary back in the 90s called Blood and Guts. It's on YouTube. Watch it. His mm-hmm. workout partner Leroy screaming at him the whole time. Give it everything you got. I'm telling you right now, if you followed Dorian's routine, you're not going to look like Dorian. No, nope, but you'll be the best version of unless yourself. Unless you're a genetic monster <laughs> and you have the same you know, pharmaceutical enhancement as Dorian Yates, maybe you could be better than Dorian Yates. And mm-hmm. if so, enjoy your Sandow trophy. Yep. Enjoy your time as the reigning Mr. Olympia or, or high love top three finisher. Or your name could be Tim Jenkins and you train like Dorian and you become the best possible version of Tim Jenkins there is. Plain and simple. And if you're Tim Jenkins and you're like, this is way too fucking hard. This is more than I need in my busy, active lifestyle, trying to be a father of two and work two jobs or focus on a career or do this and do that. I'd rather just, you know, reach 
60% of my potential, still look good out on the boat, mm -hmm. then fine. I yep. don't Teaches care. Them. Back to the original premise. This meme was simply to say most people are fucking around in the gym and just not training hard enough. Yep. That's it. That's it. And then some troll has to slither out of the woodwork <laughs> who has I have no idea how the person looks because they don't want to show themselves, but they're sure ready to throw a fucking PubMed science article at you and show their absolute intellectual superiority. I'll see your PubMed article and raise you another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what were we talking about earlier this morning? You can go on Google and throw in five different variations of search terms and find 37 different PubMed articles that supports high intensity training. You can find some that supports high volume. You can find some that says there's no difference. It just It's whatever you want to cherry pick to support your argument. Or you could get out there and maybe try it and work your ass off and see if the results work as well for you as they did for us. Yep, that's the thing. You got to try, try it before you knock it, man. Okay. Have we beat that horse enough? Is I, I it think dead? so. I think it's dead. Okay, so so the moral of the story is, you train you train hard to the point of momentary concentric muscular failure. If you don't want to do it on all your sets, try to at least do it for the last one. And then what happens is logically, rationally, you have broken down the muscle fiber under the stress of the resistance that you apply to a point where, as a defense mechanism, your body has to not only compensate for the teardown of tissue, but also, as I said, as a defense mechanism, in the event that you're ever going to do that again, which you will next week, you're going to overcompensate and pack on some extra muscle, again, as a defense mechanism, and that's how muscle growth occurs. Yep. It's simple. So work your ass off. Simple science, in quotations. Simple science, all right. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, that's enough. I feel better. I feel better. That's a nice release. God, yeah. I do feel more relaxed now. I really do. I really do. Yeah, I feel good. It's fantastic. I'm going to go home. My wife's going to be, what, what happened to you? You seem so calm now. It's, it's, a, well, we, it's a long story. We talked it out. Yeah, we talked it out. Me and Ryan <laughs> talked it out. Okay. God, how long have we... That only took an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners, but... <laughs> All right, so we needed to address something that needed to be addressed. The goal today was to quickly go over intensity versus volume. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we did I, that. Times I say 10. we. I say we achieved that. <laughs> we achieved that goal. Now we're going to answer some of your questions. All right. Um, we put up a thread uh, in the uh, bodybuilding uh, Facebook ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group, and uh, we asked your questions. It was like the official episode seven thread. And uh, we got some good ones. So full disclosure, just so you know, um, now, and we may do this in the future, just so we don't, you know, make fools of ourselves, but we haven't rehearsed any of these. None. None. <laughs> these are completely unscripted. I, I literally went to the Facebook page this morning and I copied and pasted a bunch of the questions, threw them on a Word document. I'm going to read them and we're going to answer them off the top of our heads. Kind of okay. makes me nervous. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nervous, um, so, you know, this is unscripted. It's just our gut from our experience of what we truly think. And if I get to one where we don't know the answer and we're going to say, hmm. Well, that's a fantastic a, question. That's a I'm fantastic gonna... question. We don't have a clue. We're going to have to get back to you on this one. Um, but I think for the most part, we'll probably have an opinion, if I'm so. guessing, because yeah, we, so. we can tend to be a little opinionated. Um, 
The first question comes from, I'm guessing the guy's name is Eric. It's with an A, A-R-I-C. Okay. And the, the first two questions, I am using the, the poster's names because um, these two gentlemen decided, you know what? I've had these 600 questions that we're I've been wondering about for the last nine years. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask all of them. Well, you know, future reference, maybe ask one or two and, and make it just like one simple question. It's going to make it a lot easier for us. So I couldn't answer all of your questions, Eric, um, but I am going to go over the, you know, once I got through the long question and got to the meat of it, I, I think what you're kind of wondering was this. And that's basically, can I still do my CrossFit wad or workout of the day in the mornings and then follow with your ITT in the trenches, which is my subscription based uh, program, which is essentially the workouts that that really Ryan and I do. And we just post them on the for the members. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> as much as I can from home in the evenings, or is this going to be too much on one's body without the proper recovery? Yes. You just answered your own question. You answered there. your own question. Um, it, it, if you just listen to the first hour of <laughs> vomit that me and Ryan were spewing about intensity and recovery, or if you listen to episode five when I talked about recovery and workout splits, um, you just, you train the muscle, you destroy it, you know, structurally, you know, properly under load, and then you let it rest and leave it alone. There's no way on earth I would go do some like crazy CrossFit wad in the morning and then do a serious resistance training, hypertrophy driven workout in the afternoon. Um, especially if you're trying to add muscle mass, right? I, I can't, I don't remember. I didn't read the entire thing. Is he trying to okay, here, here's, gain muscle mass? Here's a caveat. It says, additionally, in one of your podcasts, you lit a serious fire under my ass. Thank you. I'm so glad I was able to do that. And I've already started looking for a show to sign up for. Okay. If you're going to do a show and you're trying to be a physique competitor. Absolutely fucking not. Sorry, Eric, but. <laughs> ditch the CrossFit. Okay. Now, if you want to do maybe one CrossFit style workout a week on an off day when you're cutting that's fine. As long as you feel like you're fully recovered. And although I still wouldn't do that. And to that point, Eric, um, like say you're doing, like say we follow just mine and Rob's example of our split. Like we typically do back on Monday, shoulders on Tuesday, legs on Wednesday, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then you go and do like say heavy power cleans on Saturday. That involves a lot of back and you're not, your back's not going to be fully, um, recovered enough for your next right. back workout right. on Monday. So I would not do something like that. You want to be smart about it for sure. So that's a great point. And if the CrossFit wads you're doing, if it's not like serious strength base, if it's not deadlifts and pull-ups and, you know, power cleans and that kind of stuff, well then let's real quick, let's talk about CrossFit. I'm not a huge fan of CrossFit. You know, let me, let me give, I always give credit where credit's due always. What was great about CrossFit when it first came out, it kind of made the hardcore barbell vibe. It made that kind of sexy again, you know, in a world of glossy, shiny planet fitness bullshit workouts, it, it kind of brought an edginess, which I liked until I figured out that it was just a bunch of random arbitrary movements thrown together to just torture somebody. And then it, it kind of went off the rails for me. The thing about CrossFit is, is and, and again, 
here's our disclaimer. Here's the Robin Ryan disclaimer. <laughs> if it works for you and you're digging it, go be Mr. CrossFit. I don't give a shit. But if you're trying to be a physique competitor or have that style of physique, the thing about CrossFit is, is CrossFitters compete with one another in the gym. What you want to do is you want to train in the gym to compete outside of it. And if the goal is physique competition, the last thing I would do would be a CrossFit wad. Okay. So, you know, again, if you're like a, a, like a men's physique competitor and you want to throw in, you know, one a week for some conditioning, provided you know that you're fully recovered and you're a little choosy with the movements you do to make it more like high intensity interval kind of stuff, that's fine. But like Ryan said, which is the perfect point, you know, if you go through a tough back workout and a tough day, a couple days later, you're going through some CrossFit wad that's got, you know, a hundred pull-ups and a bunch of fucking power cleans or, or deadlifts, you're just creating, as we talked about for an hour, you're, you're creating, just digging that hole even deeper, man. Right. You're, you're creating an inroad to your recovery and, and kind of wasting your time. I would personally di ditch the CrossFit and pick a direction. If you want to be a physique competitor, pick that direction and run with it. But I would ditch the CrossFit. You know, CrossFitters are good at one thing, and that's doing CrossFit. That I don't give a shit if I can jump on a box 25 <laughs> times and talking about it. They're kind of like vegans. But um, so I would ditch that. Um, but kudos to you badass CrossFitters out there. Oh, yeah. Some of you I mean, guys are in fantastic shape. So. Some of you guys look great. But, you know, a lot of you guys, it's just a social thing. And most of you look like, you know, overtrained twigs. Not my thing, but if if that's your thing, I don't give a shit. You be you and run with it. Run with it all day. Put yeah. on your tall socks and, yep. you know, be the CrossFit guy. Yep, cool. Cool. So I would ditch the CrossFit. Um, Jake wants to know about food prep strategies. You want to answer this one? Tell, tell Jake how simple this is. Pick a day, Jake. <laughs> Pick a day, Jake. Jake overthinks things. God bless him. And I like that. I like overthinking good, things. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it, it shows that you really want to make a change. It, to me, it shows that you really want to make a change. But Jake, I'm telling you, man, based off, you have six comments on here with probably about six questions on each one of them. So Jake, for meal prep, and that's a good, it's definitely a good question. It's a very good lead off question. Meal prep, you definitely want to just pick a day that works well for your schedule. And I like to pick things that I can make in bulk. Bulk that is easy to heat up, that's easy to store, um, that's not necessarily too time consuming, um, that hits your macros where you need them. Um, and I typically go, I don't know about you, Rob, I go about three days. I typically go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, yeah, sometimes, I, I do, sometimes, I do sometimes Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Some, sometimes Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, sometimes right. Wednesday. And it just kind of depends. Yeah. I'll, I'll do Sunday, which gets me through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then I'll recook more on Wednesday, which gives me, gets me through Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Then I repeat. And me, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit and some people are different. And, um, once I get set on something, I eat the same thing. Mm -hmm. No matter, like I'll eat the same thing for six weeks if I have to, and that's I mean that's essentially what I did I in 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 the last prep. But some people they just they just can't do it for some reason, and I tell my clients in particular that find something that you can still eat in bulk, but maybe rotate your meats for the week. Like sometimes always I'll, rotate your meats, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> there's a joke there. <laughs> but um, like, say, do chicken one week, then you do beef the next, then you do fish the next, then you kind of just rotate in that three week cycle. Um, and I mean, that's worked for me. That's worked for my clients. But um, yeah, I'll cook a bunch of chicken. I'll do all three. I'll cook some. 
you know, a couple pounds of chicken, a couple pounds of fish and a couple pounds of steak. And I'll, you know, divvy it up and throw some veggies in each one, you know, slap the lid on, put it in the fridge and I'm good to go. And I only meal prep in a cut. You know, yeah, I cook, it, I cook a meal at a time in a bulk because I just like it that way. And, and essentially, I have the ability to do that. Yeah. So. And essentially for a bulk for me, as long as I know what, how many grams of protein are in something, my main focus is, well, am I hitting my protein or not? Yeah. Do I, right. is my protein high enough? I've got a food scale and a pan. That's all I need. Like, trust me, like the, the amount of shakes that I drink throughout the day, a couple mass gainers, I know that I'm hitting my calories for yep. the day. I've got uh, a basket of eggs, a giant bag of ground beef, a whole bunch of chicken, a hot plate and a skillet and a food scale. And I just go from there. So that's a good question. How, um, what do they, how do they figure out how much of something they need to make? Like, how do they figure out how, um, uh, like how much chicken do they need to make? Okay. Um, how much? So yeah. the thing about macros, like, like Ryan said, you, you got to prepare the food according to your macros. So somebody like Jake, um, and I'm just being honest, you know, you have a lot of questions and they're very specific. So it sounds like you really want to dig into this properly. And, and I'm not here to sell anybody anything, but you might be somebody that might want to work for a coach, even if it's just for a month, just to set your macros, talk about some very specific things, work through the numbers with you, hold you accountable because, you know, like I can say, okay, if I'm in a, in a gain phase, I may do 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight, and then I might do 0.75 grams of fat per pound of body weight, and then I'll do like 50 grams of carbs, and or I might do a little bit more carbs for the first 60 days. There's a lot of different ways you can look at this. So once you determine what your macros are, then you, you know, then I would look at, okay, I'm eating every two to three hours because food frequency works the best for the person trying to create the extreme physique. So if I'm looking at my typical meal frequency uh, relative to the amount of protein, fat, and carbs I'm taking in, then that gives me a rough idea of, do I need to do eight ounces of beef or chicken or fish? Do I need to do 10 to 12 ounces? Do I need to do you know, five eggs and a cup of egg whites or three eggs and a cup of egg whites or, or whatever? So I, you kind of have to crunch the numbers first and then that gives you a clearer picture of how you need to divide up your prep for that day. So does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to okay. me. And then his next question is, and here's the thing that goes into, you might want to look into coaching or, or dig a little deeper in, uh, out there, but uh, each day body part workout specifics. Ryan just ran through our split, but I also talk about it in detail in episode five, where I talk about, I don't, we don't do bro splits. You know, we do uh, hypertrophy recovery splits, bodybuilding splits for a specific reason. So we talk about how we do our split in that episode. And uh, then you're asking about movements for a back and bicep workout. You know, Jake, you might really benefit um, by working with a coach or a trainer, even for a couple of months. If, if, you know, one locally in your area, if you know for a fact that they're reputable and they've got good credentials, Ryan and I both do online training, but it's just something to consider. So I'm just throwing that out there. But, uh, you know, for, so splits, you know, basically the short answer is Ryan and I said we do back and buys on Monday. We do shoulders, sometimes traps on Tuesday. We do legs all out on Wednesday. We take Thursday off for additional recovery. And we do chest and triceps on uh, Friday. And throughout those four days, we'll also mingle in a little bit of abs and calves and things like that. And then we take typically a full weekend off for even more recovery the, the most important thing 
So if you're going to go high volume, make it the recovery. So Double down. Double down on recovery. (laughs) I like that. We're going to put that on a bumper sticker. Uh, What is a simple three to five movements to work back? Anything that you're pulling and curling, Jake. (laughs) One arm rows, pull downs, pull ups, chin ups, uh, deadlifts, uh, bent over barbell rows, chest supported dumbbell rows. Um, You just ran through all of them. uh, There you go. (laughs) There's your answer, Jake. So uh, lift heavy, lift basic, go hard, train to failure, regardless of what some people say. Um, You don't need to train for two hours. Go hard for 45 minutes to an hour and then let those muscles rest and grow. Feed them and get lots of sleep and get mentally prepared for the next day you attack the gym. Okay? Thanks, Jake. Um, I don't have names next to the rest of these. I really dropped the ball on that, so I apologize in advance. I'll try to do better next time. Next one is, how much cardio do you do during a prep and what type? Uh, Simple for me. Cardio, and and I intend to do a full cardio episode. Sure. Because I think it's important. Yeah, I think so Um, too. I do cardio for conditioning. I do it for... It does help and aid in the muscle building process, believe it or not. There's physiology to support that. I do it for mental clarity, and I will do it to, you know, for fat loss and to to burn calories, to get where I need to be, especially in a cut. For some bizarre ass reason, recently there's become this weird thing where don't do cardio, or some people will say, you don't do cardio to create a caloric deficit, or you don't do cardio for fat loss. Why? Uh, Why not? not? I don't know who said that. I don't know. I don't know who who said that. (laughs) So yeah, so if you're trying to achieve a caloric deficit, and you know you find that a combination of a particular series of meals in the right macros and then you throw in a 30 45 minute cardio session and that gets you just into the deficit amount that you want to be in you're going to get the benefit of the cardiovascular work for conditioning for vascularity for general fitness for cardiovascular health there's nothing wrong with doing cardio it can only be a benefit what I would say also is, is there's a reason when you see a lot of physique competitors doing more steady state, lower intensity cardio. Hey, back to definitions of volume and intensity. Mm-hmm. Cardiovascular exercise by definition is long duration, low intensity. So what I do is I take the number 180 and I subtract my age. That would be my max heart rate when I'm doing cardio. It's not strenuous at all. It's conversation pace. And what that does is, and when you're working at that pace, you're not risking any, um, uh, you're not risking uh, muscle t- tapping into to muscle growth and muscle tissue breakdown. You're not gonna have the body searching for lean mass as a fuel source. So if you're going at that 180 minus your age pace, and that was developed by the brilliant Dr. Phil Maffetone, um, you know, who is a legend and brilliant. But uh, when you exercise or if you do your cardio at that heart rate, then your body by definition is going aerobic. Um, and even when you're four, three weeks out too, um, uh, from a competition, um, if your diet's where it needs to be, your car, you don't necessarily have to go into the gym and do like two, three cardio sessions. I hear some competitors go in there and doing two, three cardio sessions yeah. for the day. And you, you don't, don't have to, to, you don't need to do that. You, you just kind of, you know, honestly, um, well, first of all, just to finish my point, I, I do off season, I'll do about 30 minutes. 
maybe three days a week, just, just for conditioning and health. And then when I'm cutting, it's usually four to five days a week for th- you know 40 minutes, mm-hmm. typically for me, 40, 45 minutes. And this is going to really confuse a lot of people. I actually enjoy it. I, I go outside, get sunlight on my skin, uh, breathe some fresh air, change of scenery. Sometimes I, I walk my grandson. So I really look forward to that. I might listen to a podcast or something like that. So um, that's how I do it. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially how I've done it too. All so right. I, there's nothing else that I can really add yeah. there. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is, is uh, speaking, we talked about Dave Palumbo, who's a, a, a coach and, you know, talking about duration of cardio, he'll be like, you know, I'll have my, my competitors do, you know, 45 minutes unless they're fat, <laughs> unless they're not complying. And then we start to get to emergency. Like we're six weeks like, out. Are, like, obviously right. you haven't been in compliance. So I don't care if you got to do two freaking hours, you got to do what you got to do. So don't get to the point where you have to rely on cardio that and eating to your muscle supply. Right. So you, you want to come in in shape and then you don't have to worry about marathon cardio sessions. Um, Next question. You mentioned listening to a lot of podcasts. What are your top three? I'm going to bore the living shit out of you because <laughs> I like listening to hardcore bodybuilding podcasts generally, um, which for most people would probably be very unappealing because I'm a fan of bodybuilding the way people are fans of like football or basketball or baseball or hockey. Um, so there's a guy named Hani Rambod, who was the coach of eight time Mr. Olympia, Phil Heath. He was the coach. Uh, he worked with Jay Cutler, four-time Mr. Olympia, um, works with a lot of top-level pros now. I just like his podcast because it seems really honest. It seems very truthful. He gives real tips. It's not like he's trying to hold back information so you'll buy something from him. Um, he tells great stories about the pros that he works with. So I listen to that one. I listen to every episode that comes out. And it's a fairly new one. I mean, this guy is, is a legend. Uh, he's won the Guru Award uh, award for many years in a row, and I really, really enjoy his. Um, I'm a fan of uh, Dave Palumbo's RX Muscle, which is very raw bodybuilding kind of stuff, and it definitely would be for somebody who's just entrenched in the sport and understands. Um, Fuad Abiyad is another pro that has a great podcast that I listen to. And of course, I like Joe Rogan. Uh, my only issue with Joe Rogan is his three damn hours. <laughs> so I've got to break it up into several sessions. And sometimes I, I you know, th- there's so much information I can't even absorb it all. So I, sometimes I'll just go to you. I, I do. I have a YouTube premium account, mm-hmm. so I can actually download the episodes on my phone. So I can listen to a YouTube video that I've downloaded. And so I don't have to stream it and have it you know, like cutting That's out. Nice. Things like I that. see the ads for that all the time. I really like it. it. So, uh, you know, I'll listen to uh, Rogan and, and the other two that I just mentioned a lot. But, uh, yeah, the podcasts I listen to are pretty boring because um, they are just more basically bodybuilding related. I don't listen to a lot of nutrition. Honestly, don't Keto, either. My, I, I, I kind of have my <laughs> thing. Now, I used to years ago, you know, but I've been doing this a decade now. I know my hybrid works for me. I know my hybrid system works for people that I train. And if I see an intriguing topic kind of come across my feed where, you know, well, that's an interesting take on ketogenic nutrition or, or that's an interesting, you know, insight that maybe I hadn't considered, then I'll cherry pick it and I'll listen to it. But I don't really listen to anything 
um, nutrition related like on a regular basis? So. I don't really either. Um, I'm believe it or not, more of a comedy guy. <laughs> so I like listen to comedy, stand up comedy all the time. So, um, me too. I like Joe Rogan. I listen to Joe Rogan a lot. Um, and he, I mean, he has some really cool people that come on here. I mean, the reach that he's achieved over the past three years. I mean, entertainers. I mean, that's fantastic. But yeah. then there's also two of my favorite stand up comedians, um, Bert Kaiser and Tom Segura. They have a podcast that's, t- that's called two bears, one cave. And it's just <laughs> like two dudes, just, <laughs> just bullshitting back and forth. Just, it's like they're, it's like a stand up all in itself, just with two of the most hilarious people in the world. And they just talk about who just, who knows what under the sun. And then uh, for a third one, I'm gonna take it back to my baseball roots. This guy, um, his name is Jared Carabas. He is actually a part of, it's, you've probably heard of, I don't know if you haven't, you, you probably should. It's called Barstool Sports. Oh yeah. <laughs> Barstool Sports. Barstool is um, like, like a couple of their shows are top 10. Yeah. And uh, he's the podcast host of what's called Starting Nine and it goes, it's basically comedy for baseball. Right. And so I won't bore you with all that, but <laughs> those are my top three. Cool. All right. Well, that was easy. Um, let's see. We got time for a few, couple more here. We can always continue this next week. Sure. But uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to save that one for next time. That could be a long one. So I'm going to skip over that one. Um, right. Do you take creatine and BCAAs when and how much? I definitely take creatine. It is the most researched supplement ever. Yep, I did my uh, yeah. senior um, research paper in college on creatine monohydrate intake for um, adolescent athletes, and yes, it yep. is. Yep, it is backed by science. It is the best in one of my in my opinion one of the best supplements that you can take to yeah, help I, in helping your I do uh, I do ten venture. grams a day. You said you do five. Five. I mean, especially with the amount of meat that you consume. Yeah. I mean, five, I think five. Well, I'm an overkill kind of guy, but yeah. Uh, and, and you know, I justified also being, you know, I'm 226 pounds, so yeah. I'll I'll do one in the morning and then I'll do one pre-workout, but um, and also you have to make sure you're well hydrated. Yeah, that's a big to thing work. too. You want to make sure that you're drinking. Well, just kind of depending on where your weight's at. Like, yep. I typically my general rule of thumb is at least a gallon, but try to get to about a gallon and a half. Yeah, definitely a gallon. And if you're um, a bigger guy, two gallons. And that's hard. That's hard. It's freaking mm-hmm. hard. It doesn't sound hard, maybe, but it's freaking hard. Um, BCAAs, you I mean expensive them. urine? I don't take them. Um, you know, BCAAs were really popular back in the old days. <laughs> back in the days of yore, back when, you know, we had horses and buggies and lifted concrete blocks for weights. But uh, um, BCAAs, if you were getting adequate protein from your food you really don't need a bcaa supplement if anything i would go more of a eaa essential amino acid route that's going to cover all your bases and not a bad idea if your goal is to put on as much muscle as you can or if you're you know kind of a hard gainer is maybe to put a couple scoops of eaas in that gallon of water that ryan was talking about and just sip it throughout the day Um, i'll put a scoop of eaas in my pre-workout uh, just to cover, you know, my, j- just as an insurance policy going through the workouts that we go through. Uh, but I have not used a BCAA in years. So we've yeah, I, I haven't that used, off the, yeah, off I haven't the used a EAA or a BCAA in, well, four or five years. Yeah, I, I've so. used creatine. Creatine is the only thing that I really I do take. creatine, EAAs, and then 
you know, we, I'm not going to sit here and bore everybody with my, my supplements, but I do, you know, I do a gram of omega threes. I do 10,000 IUs of vitamin D three. I do a pop one K two tab with my D three. I do, uh, just your general, you know, cardiovascular health supplements. I do an animal pack, you know, just that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. nothing insane. And then a lot of, you know, clean, you know, whey protein powder. So, um, what's your take on protein cookies? <laughs> Listen, if it's a bar, <laughs> there's some shit holding it together. Yeah. Okay. And it's generally not shit you want to eat. Um, if you're in a gain phase or if you're a hard gainer that can eat anything they want and be shredded, I don't really give a shit what you eat if it doesn't affect you, but I don't do bars as a rule. Um, I don't think I've had a bar. Especially if you're in a cut too. Don't. Yeah, don't, never in a cut. Just because it says that there's only, I don't know, what is it? Five grams of carbohydrates in there, and yeah, there's eighteen. Yeah, the whole net gr- carb bullshit. Um, yeah, nah. Nah, uh, I don't go near bars. I just do shakes. Yeah. So if you're busy and you're like, well, but it's quick and convenient because I'm traveling or I'm in the car. Well, then put a scoop or two of whey in your shaker. Throw it in your briefcase, your purse, or whatever. And then you can always stop and buy a cold water, add it to that, shake it up and down it. If you need some uh, energy or healthy fats with that, then put a tablespoon of C8 MCT oil in with that, which I have every, with just about every shake that I consume, unless it's post-workout. So I would go that route over any kind of a bar or a protein cookie. So uh, advice on canned foods like canned tuna and corned beef. I'd have to look at the macros on corned beef because i don't have a clue <laughs> but yeah, uh canned tuna is great yeah canned tuna is great um my general thing my general thing is um i mean the more natural you can go i mean the better um but i mean if you're in a pinch canned food i mean there's it's not it's, there's nothing yeah. bad with that um i'm not too keen on how many preservatives they pump into those cans but i mean that's a whole other thing but i mean whenever you're in a pinch and you're on a budget maybe i mean yeah, I think I, don't, I, I don't think the water the, the water packed you know white tune is fine. I don't I don't see any issues with that at all. I've eaten about a million cans of that shit in my life, so I don't I don't, I don't have a deal issue with that at all. So, um, how about peanuts and almonds? Um, you didn't mention them much. Okay, here's the thing. First of all, peanuts are not a nut. They are a legume. They're like a bean, and they can be highly inflammatory. And one of the reasons a lot of people go more on a low carb ketogenic diet is because they have issues with joint inflammation or systemic inflammation, things like that. And peanuts can be a really tough trigger for that. Um, almonds are a nut and they're generally fine or, or a better choice when it comes to inflammation. However, with Don't both- Don't consume the whole bag. Right. With both peanuts and almonds, they can, you know, th- there's more carbs in them than you may remember or think. And those can add up quickly if you're doing handful after handful after handful. I know, like even like macadamia nuts, which are fantastic. I know me. If I've got a, you know, a giant bag of Trader Joe's macadamia nuts sitting on my desk, that son of a bitch is going to be empty by the time I leave the gym that day. Because I just can't keep my damn hand because it, it's so freaking good. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just not going to put myself into that position. So... Now, the difference to me, nut butters, I can control myself. I can have a tablespoon of nut butter, like an almond butter, and then that kind of satisfies me for hours. So it's a great way to break some, if you're dieting hard, it's a great way to, to, to you know, curb some monotony with your diet or get something a little different on your palate rather than just meat. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no. I, I stay away from 
peanuts and, and dry nuts and things like that for the most part. So, um, let's see, we're a minute or hour and three, actually an hour and 30. That's not bad. No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. First hour was a little tedious, but <laughs> now we got to the good stuff. Yeah. So please excuse that first hour. We just had to get that off our chest. <laughs> Once again, we love these guys. Yeah, absolutely. We don't, we don't mind the haters and the critics. Nope. You know, I will more than gladly openly discuss anything. Yeah. You know, come come join our reindeer games. You know, we can all be friends. Um, let's see. If some days I can only eat twice a day, is there an amount of protein in one sitting that would be too much? Don't just eat twice a day. Find a way to eat more than twice a day. But I can't, I'm sorry. That's my answer. <laughs> but I can't eat. I'm sorry. That's my answer. <laughs> do what you got to do. Listen, I, I get it. We have bridged the keto and the hard training bodybuilding. These two worlds, we brought them crashing together like a meteorite colliding against the moon. Okay. They typically, you know, in many circles don't play well together on the playground. We've made it work. Okay. So one of the things for me, and this could just be me, Ryan may think I'm full of shit and that's fine. <laughs> um, I think that frequent eating of good nutrients spaced throughout the day, just like every bodybuilder's done for 60 years for the most part, is still the way to go if you're trying to put on as much lean mass and maintain it as humanly possible. So I can't imagine me personally eating twice a day and competing. No. I can't no imagine shot. eating twice a day and training the way we do. I, I can't imagine that. Mm -mm. I can't even... I can't walk through that scenario in my head. Can you imagine just having two meals No. over the course of the day that we put in with the training we put in and training for competition and, you know, there's, I could never do it. If you're into the one meal a day thing that's so popular, if you're into tons of fasting and intermittent fasting, there's a lot I of endurance, care. a lot of endurance athletes that sure. are into that kind of thing. I think it's thing. great and for that. And if that's your thing, then fantastic. I mean, the ketogenic bodybuilding is whatever your journey is, that's what we support, then that's that. So. But the thing is, is, you know, to answer your question, I, I almost can't answer it, I think. I mean, let's say that you're trying, you're, you're saying to me, hey, I want to put on as much muscle as possible, and I want to go this more ketogenic bodybuilding hybrid approach. I'm going to tell you minimum one gram of protein per pound of body weight, minimum. I'm going to say well, 1.2. <laughs> that's why I say minimum, yeah. you know? Most of the people I'm working with are going to be like closer to 1.5. Mm -hmm. So if you take like if you weigh, you know, 185 pounds, you know, and you do 1.25 grams of protein per pound of body weight, that's a lot of damn protein. Mm -hmm. A lot more. So than take you're used that to. number and split it in two. You're going to be eating a fucking calf at every <laughs> well, one of the, at those two meals. It's a lot of protein, you know, and. The jury is still kind of out as to how much protein you can assimilate in one sitting. It's more than you think it is. It's definitely not the 30 grams I've heard or the 40 grams I've heard. That's just silly, especially if you're a hard training athlete. I'm going to go and tell you I've put two chicken breasts in a, <laughs> in a blender. We all know about your liquid chicken. Okay, <laughs> We don't need to. But to even go along with that, I even do sometimes three, sometimes even four scoops of whey protein in one shake. It just kind of depends. I will do at the most there. My ground beef meal that I do for lunch is somewhere. I think it's 71 grams. 
I think I think it's 12 ounces of 93% ground beef, and I think it comes to I could be wrong, but it's it's around 70 grams of protein. That's about the most I do. Now on a Saturday night, if I get the giant effing ribeye the size of your head, I don't care what it is. I'm eating that son of a bitch, and I don't care. <laughs> And I haven't died from it yet. I've, you know, my kidneys are great. <laughs> so yeah, perfect. Um, you can you can handle a lot more than you think, especially if you train hard. But uh, I would rather you divide your um, prescribed protein macros up to you know at the minimum four to five meals a day. I mean, I'll do six to seven. So yeah, that's that's my advice for that. Just freaking eat more, man. You're every trying, two you're hours, to grow. Yeah. yeah, try to get something in your stomach every two hours. Um, any tips for someone starting out in bodybuilding strength training in their for in their late forties? Yeah, it's one third hard training, one third diet, one third recovery. Simple, and stick to the basics when it comes to the gym. Stick to the basics. Basic big compound movements to start with. Build a base. Don't go too far beyond your means. You know, protect your joints. Uh, the over 40, you know, bodybuilder, you know, you might want to stay away from barbell back squats. Mm -hmm. They might not agree with you. You might not want to do 400 pound deadlifts. You know, we don't really do it. You know, I'm the old guy, so Ryan appeases me. I don't do a lot of that stuff anymore. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to injure myself. So, you know, stick to your basic big compound movements. You know, rowing movements, pressing movements, uh, squatting, pressing movements for legs and uh, train hard. And that's there. You know what? That is another argument in my in my opinion. It's not just mine. I also believe that higher intensity, lower volume workouts. Now, this is going to make people lose their mind. <laughs> I think they're safer. I think, I think two so. hour marathon workouts can just put on too much damage. It's too much volume, too much yeah, impact goes, on the joints. Yeah, that put, I'd rather back. go through two hard, three hard sets per body part or per exercise um, in a very controlled manner to failure and then walk away from it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll occasionally, uh, I get a little bit of elbow tendonitis and the only reason I get elbow tendonitis is because we went from, you know, we competed, we took a little time off, we had the whole COVID bullshit and, then we decided, okay, let's ramp this thing back up again. So we jumped back in hard. I forgot I was 51 years old. So we started going heavy again. So I got a little bit of bull tendonitis. It's fine now. No big freaking deal. Um, but I can honestly say in nearly 30 years of heavy training, I've never had a serious, like legitimate injury. I've had some low back pain, my hips, a little this and that. Oh, my elbow's a little tender right now, but it's never been like, Oh fuck! <laughs> I just screwed this up. I'm out for six to yeah, eight weeks. Yeah, never torn anything. Never. Definitely did fuck my back up once. Yeah, you, you screwed your back up once deadlifting. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. But um, but these things happen. But but you know you have these people that they have a, you know a pec tear or a bicep tear or they do this or they do that or they screw this knee up or they injure their hip or they do. Yeah, I've chances never are they had. Yeah, chances are they've been doing too much. Yeah, and I, and I think it's you know too much time in the gym too much volume, too much abuse. Whereas, you know, we will train balls out for an hour and then we let it rest. We leave it alone. Yep. And I've just to reiterate, to repeat myself, I've never had an injury that has taken me out of the gym for an extended period of time. So it's never been that situation where I said, okay, I've injured myself. The injury is this. 
the doctors have advised me not to train for the next six weeks. It's never happened to me in all the years I've been training. It could be like, um, my knee's a little tender. I'm going to back off a little bit on legs today. Or my elbows are bothering me a little bit. I'll skip the heavy barbell curls today. That's it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I had that period where I, having, I was having a little bit of low back issues. And admittedly, it was for more um, lack of flexibility than I think it was anything else. So, you know, we and there was that period of time in the 2019 prep where my back was bothering me a little bit. So we switched to all unilateral leg movements and went to balls heavy Bulgarian split squats. We were doing single leg leg presses, super freaking heavy. That didn't bother my back at all. They were brutally hard. We worked around it and it was a short period of time. Then I was fine and all was good under the hood. So, you know, just be safe, be intelligent. Don't train too much. And, uh, you know, you'll be good to go. Just just be intelligent. And remember, what does it go back to? One third, one third, one third. And what, what was your new catchphrase with recovery? Double down. Double down on recovery. Recovery is the key to success. Recovery is the missing element to success. Everybody thinks it's more training, more training, more training, more is better, more is better, more is better. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Train hard, stimulate the growth mechanism, and then let it recover. How many times are we going to say that in this podcast? I don't know. Probably a few more. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. So let's see. It's, we're an hour and 40. Let's, let's do two more. Two more. Does that sound right. good? Yep. Sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> this one's going to be short for me. <laughs> How should I refeed after long cardio workout to maintain my lean mass? Don't do a long cardio workout. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Don't do that. Okay. Got that one. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, you, you you don't need to be doing long cardio sessions and you don't need to be refeeding after the cardio session. The only thing I can think of is that while you're doing a very long cardio session is because your body fat loss has been compromised due to maybe a failure in your diet. So now you're trying to go into overcomp, you know, overcompensate, you know, and now you're in panic mode. So you're doing more cardio. So the last thing, it's like the, you know, you go to the local 5K or the local mm-hmm. 10K and everybody there's fat because <laughs> they've all bought into the bullshit that you got to carb load and carb up and then everybody will do the 10K, get their stupid finisher medal and go to the fucking buffet. You know, <laughs> I mean, how many times have you seen that? So don't More go, don't, do, don't do, do, do two hours of damn cardio and then eat three cheeseburgers to refeed. You just kind of negated everything yeah, that you just so did. I don't see a point to any of this. So train hard in the gym, do enough cardio to maintain proper cardiovascular health and conditioning. You probably don't need any more than 30, 45 minutes. And then uh, stay just true to whatever, you know, clean diet protocol that you're doing. That's it. Okay. You've said a few times that it is better to start a gain phase from a point of leanness. How lean should someone aim to get before switching over to a gain? I got no problem with you getting to the leanest you've ever freaking been personally. Yeah. You know, if you're not competing and you know, you're the 32 year old guy that's maybe, you know, 25% body fat, 22% body fat. You got a little bit of a dad bod going on. I have the perfect client that I have done this with, um, over the past, uh, I'm going to say, He's been with me about a year and a half now. He probably came to me about 230 pounds or so, I would say. And we literally have got him the 
leanest he has ever been. And to the point to where I'm like, dude, you need to start eating a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm starting to see your ribs. All right. <laughs> you need to definitely up those calories a little bit. But I mean, yeah. Get them. Well, my, my thing would be there's one of two things. So you get, you know, Daryl Dadbod. Mm-hmm. And I would take Daryl Dadbod down to the physique that he would be comfortable peeling his shirt off at the lake and being confident in his skin. Mm-hmm. And then once you've achieved that milestone, then, okay, you've proven your, that you can you know, handle some dietary compliance, your training, your, you know, your conditioning is up, you're, you're, you're in the lifestyle, you understand the process, you've probably had some points where you've suffered a little bit, you've, you've sacrificed a little bit, and you've achieved that goal, you're looking good, now it's time to, okay, now the next phase is I wanna see how much I can maximize my muscularity so we'll up the calories into a slight surplus at that point. You might recomp a little bit of body fat. We all deal with that. We all know this, but that's okay. You'll still look good in your t-shirt. And then we will you know, go through that periodization in the calendar where we go through a structured gain phase. Maybe it's 12, 16 weeks or whatever, even 24 weeks, you know, whatever, depending on who you are, what your goals are. And then we'll, you know, shut down the machinery, make a, you know, recalibrate everything and then go into another hard cut and then take that down to another level, this time exposing more lean mass than you had before to an even improved leaner physique. And maybe we'll take it to, if you got down to 12% body fat before we went into your gain phase, let's take you to single digits this time. So there's, you know, there's a couple different ways you can look at it, but the, the point of the reason I say that in women, it's the same thing. Get to the point where you're looking pretty good in that bathing suit. You know, you, mm-hmm. you've, you've made a significant change. You know, your, your girlfriends hate you now, you know? <laughs> and you're like, okay, so now I'm thinking, I, I see my body, I'm, I'm happy with my reflection for the first time in a long time. Now I wanna get to where I've got those rounded sculpted shoulders. I've got those defined lines in my arms. I see a little bit of back development. Maybe I can see some abdominal definition or that, you know, some, some hamstring separation from your quads. You wanna take it to that another level. So, you know, we'll bring the calories back up a little bit, maybe up the protein a little bit, take you through that structured gain phase, maybe do it through the winter time when it's sweater season. Yep. And then <laughs> baggy uh, clothes. And then we'll, t- then, you know, like, so if you're a woman, maybe get down to 16%. Mm-hmm. And then let's go through that structured gain phase. And then the next time we, we recalibrate the machinery and take you into a cup, well, this time we're going to take you down to 12. And in case, ladies, you don't know, 12% body fat on a woman, I can put your ass on stage in that. Yeah. That, that's lean and mean, man. That that, is that's rocking body. Okay. Yeah. That, that's like bikini kiss my ass body. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I'd much rather go to it from a point of leanness because the last thing you want to be, is, is, especially guys, you don't want to be that asshole that lifts a bunch of weights and eats cheeseburgers and drinks beer. And he looks like a big guy in the t-shirt. I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, we did. And he peels it off. You're like, whoa, brother, put it back on, man. (laughs) What'd you say? Not a good look on you. Not a good look. (laughs) (laughs) So it's your, just from, from just your, your body's chemistry from health, you want to get as lean as you can set the machinery in motion from a leaner body fat standpoint. 
the results are only going to be much better. I don't want you lifting like a beast in the gym and being a thousand calories, you know, over maintenance already at 24% body fat. And then, yeah, you may put on 10 pounds of muscle, but you might throw on another 10 pounds of fat. And this is going to, instead of, you know, <laughs> you know, 12, 16 weeks to shred you out, it's going to take a fucking year. Yep. And then you're just going to get discouraged. You're going to get pissed off. You're going to get bigorexia. You're going to hate that you're shrinking. You don't understand that you got to get shredded. And then you'll start looking bigger. All these things. Trust me on this. Get lean first. Get yep. comfortable with that process. And then when your coach says, okay, All we're right, ready. It's time to eat. It's time to eat. It's time to train. That's why right now I love the fact that me and Ryan are looking at doing like a late spring show. Mm -hmm. Because it's, what do we say? You know, hoodies and beards. You know, eat fucking raw meat, lift heavy weight, you know, big baggy hoodies, beanies. You know, we come rolling in here with stains on our freaking shirts, just ready <laughs> to fucking, you know, eat nails and shit thunder. And that I, it's cold outside. It's just it's just I love that mindset. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. I think it does. OK, let's do one more. Sure. Mm. Okay. I can only train late at night from 10.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. I'm assuming that's what that means. Do you have any reconstructions? Not sure that's even... Is that even right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it it might have been a spell correct thing. Maybe. Uh, on how I should deal with my pre- and post-workout nutrition. I do a coffee and MCT before... I go generally and a protein shake after, not sure. I think that's absolutely fine. Here's the thing. If you're training at 1030 at night, if I'm training at 1030 at night, what do I got? Six meals in me already? Something Seven? Like that. Yeah. I'm just, well fed. You, yeah. You just got to make sure that you're, get your schedule where yeah. it needs to be. If that is the that's only tough. time you can train. And hopefully... You know, if you're done at fucking midnight, I hope to God you don't get up until like 10 the next day. Yeah, you're gonna I know. Need some yeah. Sleep. That was going to be my question. Don't, don't change anything. Up. Don't buy into this. Oh, don't eat after six o'clock. I don't know if that's that's your reasoning for this, but it's all based on your cycle. It, yeah. If, you know, <laughs> that's a <laughs> <laughs> not going there. Don't, don't go down. That road. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, if I'm training at 1030 at night, uh, I don't know if this 1030 to 1230 means he's training for two hours. That's what it if that's like. so, restart the podcast. Listen to the first hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll now be training from ten thirty to eleven fifteen, and now you have more time to sleep. Um, so if I'm training at ten thirty at night, I've already got five, six, fucking seven meals in me. I'm well fed, so I probably don't even need a pre workout because I'm going to time it to where I've eaten something thirty minutes before I train, and then if I'm done training, let's say at eleven uh, thirty. I'm going to drink 50 grams of whey protein and I'm going my ass to bed. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Isn't that what you would do? <laughs> That's exactly what I so would basically do. Basically, don't change anything. You're well fed. You're well nourished. You should have plenty of energy. So go attack the damn weights. Yeah. Just make sure that, like he said, you've eaten plenty through the day before and you get adequate rest. Yeah. You want to make sure that your calories are where they need to be as well. Yeah, like don't don't go into a 10:30 p.m. training session like fasted. Yeah, don't do that. Don't be that guy. Mm -mm. You know, go do cross. With only yeah, with only coffee on your stomach. <laughs> a, you're gonna throw up. And then yeah. <laughs> um, I got to do this next one because it's a client. Oh um, sure. 
I've always heard to eat in the morning within 30 minutes of getting up. Is this true or bullshit? <laughs> um, once again, I eat every two and a half to three hours, as do you, correct? Yes. So I, I, my first client is at 5 a.m. every single day of the week. I get up at 3.30 in the morning. Well, I wake up, my eyes open at 3.30, pissed. And <laughs> I keep looking at my phone until 3.45 and then I grunt and roll out of the bed like a pissed off grizzly. And then I stomp my way into the shower. Um, then I stand there in the shower and stare at the floor uh, for another 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm out of the shower at four. I then go downstairs, grab A, one pair of black shorts, B, one black t-shirt, C, one black hoodie, and put on my shoes and stroll out the door and go to work. I'm in the gym at 4.30, 4.45. Um, I pick things up a little bit, get everything turned on, and I am drinking the nectar of the gods, coffee, at 5 a.m. sharp. And then usually around 5.30 a.m. at the most 6 a.m., I'm downing my first meal of the day, which for me is 50 grams of whey protein and one tablespoon of C8 MCT oil. Once I consume that, the clock is ticking. And then every two and a half to three hours after that, I'm consuming food. Um, so it's not necessarily 30 minutes, but do I'm what going, you have to do to wake up. Yeah. Do what you got to do to wake up. It's not like you're going to go catabolic if you don't like run to the kitchen. You know, <laughs> I used to think that back in the nineties. Like, oh my God, I got to go get my protein. <laughs> yeah, back in the nineties. Uh, you know, I talked about this in F1, you know, I would, I would be that guy that would wake up at two in the morning eat a can of tuna or down a shake and go back to bed because I thought if I don't, all my muscles going to burn away. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, this is from my client, Tina, who's a badass, by the way, this woman yeah. just, she kills it every single day. Yeah, she does. Um, I really am so proud of her, but, um, yeah. So just, you know, get up, get your shit together, get your, get your head straight. Yeah. If you're a coffee drinker advice. like me, get your shit together, then go, you know, mainline some caffeine and then, get that first meal in you and then at that point you know as far as i'm concerned the clock is ticking and you're going to be eating you know i do every two and a half three hours for you it could be every three to four hours or whatever whatever you know separation of meals gets you through your day to achieve your macro goal that i have set for you Does that make sense it makes perfect sense yep all right good so i i answered a client's question so she's happy actually i think i had two client questions in there so i've got some great freaking clients i'm so blessed but uh, we both do. We've yep. got some great people. Yeah, my clients need to step their game up. They need to ask some questions. Yeah, you need you know, more, more. Come on, Ryan's clients. Come on, stop hiding. Come out and get involved. So ask me. Yeah, ask ask us. We'll we'll have some fun with it. So, all right, I'm shutting the laptop. That means episode seven is in the books. And yeah, it, it was a little contentious at first, but uh, hey, you we know got through, we got through it. it There's some good stuff there. And and just to reiterate and make a, a, a final point on that. I have no issue. We have no issue. If somebody wants to come out and question an ideology, a technique, something that we do, I will listen to you. And there have been many times in my career when I've said, wow, I hadn't looked at that that way, or I have not seen that. That's interesting. Please let me look at it. But for somebody to just say, science is God, you're an idiot, you're doing everything wrong, and you know and that's it is the most ridiculous troglodyte way you could possibly do anything and i i cannot take you seriously 
Nope. But again, they're more than willing to talk about it. In that thread, there were a couple guys that disagreed and all but one did it in a, in a very respectful way that I appreciated and, and I thank them for their input. And I could, you know, I know that these are people that I could hang out with and have a beer with. But when you come out of the woodwork and you won't even expose yourself on your social media platform that you're so quick to judge from, then I cannot take you seriously. And anybody, anybody that says it's one way or the highway has lost my respect within three seconds of them mm-hmm. spewing their bullshit from their foul mouths. Okay. Yep. And I'm sorry to be harsh, but you know what? It's my fucking group. Yep. I've been, I, I just didn't emerge and I've only been doing this a month. I've paid my dues. You know, I have a lot of respect for a lot of people. I'm complimentary. I'm polite, but I also don't have patience for idiocy. So make your point and do it in a respectful manner and understand that it's a big, big world out there and nothing is absolute. Nothing's absolute. Nothing is absolute. My methods and techniques are not absolute. There may be two things that I'm doing that I I should probably think about making an alteration to. And if I discover that, we'll make the change. Yep. I have no problem with that. That's fine. But for you to say, you can't grow doing 40 minute workouts, you're an idiot. If you say high intensity, low volume cannot work, you're an idiot. If you say it only this way works or only what's in this one damn study or this study here, you're an idiot. Or, well, I worked out with two guys that are respected and I I don't care. I've worked out with two guys and two guys and two guys and two guys. Mm -hmm. And I'll put my two guys up against your two guys any fucking day (laughs) of the week. So don't, don't, don't bring that shit to me. Be respectful. Make your argument politely. And I will honor that and thank you for your opinion. And I will put yep. it under like severe consideration. <laughs> yep. So there. So there's that. So there's that. So <laughs> tomorrow is chest and triceps. Tomorrow is chest and triceps. And you and I will destroy our chest and triceps in roughly an hour. So it obviously maybe even, won't work. Maybe even less. It, it Maybe less. So it obviously won't work. Probably not. So expect failure. Yeah, expect failure. We, we <laughs> will accomplish nothing from this, but... Yeah. We're going to go ahead and do it anyway because we're hard-headed. Yeah. And we're knuckle-dragging Neanderthals that don't know anything. But yeah, um, That's exactly what we're going to But do. anyway, now let's get to the positive side. Everybody out there that's listening, I can't thank you enough for your support. Even if you're one of the haters, thank you for listening in. Um, still love you, mean it. And we can still be friends. Um, come talk to us. Come talk to us. Let us know what we can do for you. Keep those questions coming on the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Facebook group. My Instagram is at the real Rob Goodwin. So please give me a follow and uh, say hello on Instagram. Ryan has some bizarre, bizarre <laughs> segment. You know, J-R-G-C-P-T. You need to change that. But uh, some, what, what is it? One more time. J-R-G-C-P-T. One more time. J-R-G-C-P-T. people are having to write this shit down. You're going to get it memorized in your head. J-R-G-C-P-T. Okay. Yeah, there you I go. I guess it does have kind of a rhymey thing going on. I guess so. so. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't just put like <laughs> Ryan fucking Gant. That's what you put should put. That, that, Brian fucking Gant. Yeah. The fucking in there. Because yeah. <laughs> we're badasses. <laughs> actually, we're, actually, we're big freaking teddy bears, but uh, but we like yeah. we, we like to lift hard. But uh, but so, yeah, yeah, give us a follow on Instagram. 
Um, if you don't know by now, we make our living doing coaching and training. We do that here in the gym, but we also do it online. And uh, we'd love to have you. So uh, please let us know what we can do for you. In the meantime, train heavy, get lots of recovery. That's the theme today. Lots of recovery, lots double of, down. Double down on your recovery because it's one third training, one third nutrition, one third recovery. Yep. Go, go ahead and double down on the last one. Double down. And uh, maybe eat a big bloody steak, train your ass off, get lots of rest. Drink plenty of water. Drink lots of water, take your vitamins, stay in school, don't do drugs. <laughs> and Ryan and I, if, if he'll come back. I will be back. Ryan and I will talk to you wonderful people again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, but we are out. Peace, guys. Later.